Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Aloha, namaste everyone. Happy birthday week to Babaji. Hard to believe that it, was it really just five days ago we were at an intensive? Um, and thanks to Davey for making this picture that made almost every single person who signed in like smile immediately. So appreciate that. It's not easy to do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a big weekend and powerful powerful weekend um, with a lot, uh, sort of a lot on the horizon, you know, for us. And I'm really grateful to be here for this class uh, today in a way, sort of like uh, as we, you know, had Monday night um, with Rujani Ma teaching and, and then our Sangha class here together as we encounter the sutras together, I feel like this is exactly what Babaji's envisioning for us, right? As far as stepping up and really taking uh, responsibility for our practice and for the, the, the nourishment that we need to receive. Tonight's sutra could not be more fitting uh, for the position we're in as a Sangha and for sort of the, the work we are being given as a Sangha. It's, uh, it's very illuminating to the process as a whole, showing us that this is not uh, just a part of the journey that we are coincidentally encountering, but that this is a part of the journey that uh, a, a yogi must encounter in order to realize uh, their true destiny or destination that they seek. So I'm very excited about tonight's class and hope that it uh, sort of carries you to a new level in your practice as it did for me in preparation and, and hopefully continues to do so. So let's... Um, Let's find our seats uh, with a bayag and lead us through some gentle movement just to, to settle into our seat. We'll move into the sutra and then we'll make sure tonight that we have time also to meditate together. So. Hi, everybody. So great to see you. Can you hear me okay? Cool. Um, so if you're not already sitting comfortably, take a moment to actually give yourself space to adjust. And then just notice the physical edges of the body. Maybe they feel light and expansive. Maybe they feel tight and rigid. And just notice your body right now without any judgment. It's perfect just as it is. Let's start to use the breath to find a little more internal space and see if that can help the physical body become more spacious, almost like you're using the breath to lengthen the spine, let the spine lift gently away from the pelvis, let the shoulders rest on the body lightly. And then incorporate some really tiny, effortless shoulder circles. 
lifting the shoulders just one centimeter and then circling them back just one centimeter and make these very tiny circles with the shoulders and imagine you're just massaging from the inside out without any tension. The muscles are barely activating. You can try going the other way. Make sure you can still feel the breath. And then come back to center, bring your focus to the right shoulder and imagine it's attached to the body. And as you lift the right shoulder, let it stretch the whole right side of the body and then circle the shoulder back and maybe the heart tilts just a little bit and then go the other way. So we're initiating the movement with the arm, but it's taking the whole body with you. If it's comfortable, you can bend the elbow and let it gently drag behind you. And then slow the movement down so you can really feel the breath and feel the support of the muscles between the rib cage, the muscles underneath the shoulder blade. And if it's comfortable, as you move gently from side to side, the head can bob a little bit with support. And then slowly make your way back to center and relax completely and just let the shoulders and arms be very light. Let's finish with one little front stretch. So palms up, scoop the air up, let the whole front of the body lengthen, gaze up slightly. And then exhale, hands to heart and just feel all of your focus drop into your heart. And take a couple of breaths there and keep the focus settled inside as you lift the head, finding your sustainable seat. Before we, I, before this slide leaves the screen, let's just take a, a breath into our heart and offer up some gratitude to Babaji and Faith for all that energy and work they put into this previous weekend and every every intensive and all these ashrams just really reach inside and and offer up a some real gratitude the opportunity to practice in such a rich and fulfilling way And from that, from that perspective, we can encounter the sutra. <clears throat> Magna svachitana pravishet. Magna svachitana pravishet. Almost sounds like Italian. Magna svachitana pravishet. The yogi who is merged in themselves must enter completely with their mind filled with great awareness. The yogi who is merged in themselves must enter completely with their mind 
filled with great awareness. This sutra picks up uh, quite literally from the end of the previous sutra. And so I just want to take a moment to set the stage for the work. Um, <clears throat> we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I want to just look back at the previous sutra was about the Turiya state. Um, that we were told that we should seek to expand the nectar of the Turiya state, the, the true nature, our true nature, expand that nectar uh, into all the waking, onto all the states of our, of our existence, waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. The metaphor was that the waking, dreaming, and deep sleep, mostly the waking state, is like a sword that we carve out our reality with, that we literally sort of swashbuckle through our day, and then when we, when we put it back in, we put that, that sheath away, uh, or that sword back in the sheath, uh, that sword is sort of oiled and nourished by that inner state. Um, but we, we don't have to only find that nourishment, you know, in our morning and evening sit. We should seek, according to the sutras, um, to sort of pull that nourishment through the middle of our day, through the midst of our day. And we were told that in order to do that, we were, we were supposed to hold it. It says, hold it at the time of entry, hold it at the time of exit, that this nectar of Turiya, Turiya Rasa, sounds like an amazing name, by the way, Turiya Rasa must be properly held with full awareness so that it can expand into the center of the three states. And so you see in the middle of this, we actually see the next sutra. It says, must be properly held with full awareness. This current sutra says the yogi who is merged in themselves, which is that Turiya state, it says, must enter completely with their mind filled with great awareness. So there's something really important about the way that we sort of hold our practice, the way that we work with our practice that determines its ability to pervade our life. And that's sort of what this sutra is promising. So to look at it once more, the yogi who's merged in themselves must enter completely, completely with their mind filled with great awareness. There's a, a, a totality to our practice. There's a completeness to our practice that, that does come up in the sutras. And we've heard Rudy talk about this before. Have, have you all heard Swami Rujananda's quote about surrender must be complete? not partial, right? You hear that and you're like, well, I heard that. And, and I'm like, I don't always know what to do with that. I'm like, I absolutely couldn't agree more as if it matters if I agree or not. But I just, I'm like, how do we get there? You know? Um, and this sutra sort of begins by telling us, you use your tools. You use your tools to get to that, to get to that state of complete surrender. You don't just arrive there all of a sudden. The introductory quote um, 
Natri Johnny, welcome. I know this is really impossible for you to be here live. So please, would you read this quote for us? It's great to see you. Yes. Physical, subtle, supreme. When he establishes and resides in the awareness of his God consciousness in the waking state, Jagrat, the dreaming state, Shapna, and in the state of deep sleep, Shushupti, then the gross movement of his breath enters into the subtle movement of breath, and the subtle movement of breath enters into that which is supreme, where he experiences the supreme motion, Spanda, in his own nature. Natural. Oh, thank you. Way to go after those Sanskrit words, you know, a little bit at a time, and that's how, that's how it's done. So thank you. Take a moment if anybody needs to just read through it, of course. So we see that it doesn't just happen all at once. The yogi learns to cultivate this inner awareness during the, the, the many different states of awareness we have in our life. The waking state, the dreaming state, the deep sleep state, the transitional phases. This was everything we talked about last class. All these opportunities we have to really put the sword in its sheath and be in that space. So you do that over and over again, both in your daily practice and in, um, in all your little opportunities during the day. And as I'm interpreting this, and maybe you do too, um, this is sort of a way of saying that this is how you go from the physical, the gross movement of the breath, for example, into that subtle movement of the breath. You know, you start to feel that, and then that eventually takes you to a supreme experience. So that supreme experience is this total surrender that we're all seeking and that we know is there. Um, and so this is saying, hey, use your tools, walk the path to get there. But, but there's one more layer that this sutra is bringing to help us actually arrive. So what we see is that we've got this, it's almost a type of GPS, okay, built into your practice. You, you do your asana practice, or you do seva, you live a healthy lifestyle, and that takes you towards this experience we're seeking, right? Those are those physical actions that it's talking about, that waking state stuff. And then, you know, we have our subtler practices, pranayama, mantra, you know, meditation, etc. just the, those, that next level where you, you have an inner work that's taking you there as well. And these are like a GPS system in the sense that you can just arrive in whatever state you're in and you do these things, you follow this map and it just guides you towards that nectar, right? You just do the practice and you arrive. They are tools that literally guide you there, just like your phone. And so we, we sort of use it just like we would navigating on a, with a map in our phone. We sit in the morning, 
And then that's like you looking, oh, okay, it's that way. And then you walk through your whole day. And then at, in the evening, you're like, oh, uh, it's actually this way. It redirects you. Oh, and see, so stay on track, right? And so you do this and maybe you check in throughout your day and you get more on track at more points. So in a way, this can actually go even further because this, I found this to be the mirror of what's happening in our Sangha right now, you know, to, in support of Baba G. I thought it GPS, what's that stand for again? I think it's the guru positioning system, you know, where you can literally be kept on track via your teacher. And we have been, and we will continue to be, of course. Um, but there, that is somewhat of a luxury in the yogic tradition. And at a certain point in your practice, um, it's a luxury that literally you have to go beyond to even to attain true enlightenment, um, to attain this merging that the sutra is talking about. It's as if you were this hero on a journey up a mountain and eventually your signal, this positioning system, the tracking system doesn't work. And the radio you're carrying on your back, nobody's on the other end. All the tools you got don't seem to apply. And so you literally put your phone in the dirt, you take off your backpack, your water bottle's empty, you put that down and you just, you, but you proceed. And, um, and that is the moment when you start to merge with your destiny, your destination, right? Because suddenly, if you want to know where to go, you have to be tuned in. You know, as I was working with this in myself, I, I realized just the, just the thought of this, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I, I have always wanted to work on that part of myself. Like something came to mind. What's stopping me? What am I waiting for? Start working on it. Like now is the time. In fact, you could say there's never been a better time because Babaji's right there at that elevation. And he's saying, hey, try going up there. It's like, but then I can't hear you. And it's like something happens when you go up there. He's, uh, he's sort of like saying, give it a try. Go up, go past here a little bit. And what the sutras are telling us, as every hero's journey story or movie has also told us, is that when you finally drop those tools and stay directed on your path, right? That's critical. It's not like just drop the tools and start walking around aimlessly. You, you drop the tools, but you're focused. Then something occurs. You're not on your own. In fact, according to the sutras, from my interpretation, 
This is literally how you get that final tool. Now I've got Dr. Strange's cape on here because it's like every time there's these hero movies, it's like the minute they take that step or a few more steps into that unknown territory, don't they always find like the thing that's going to help them actually like get there? And it's always like, wow, like the cape, you know, or there's so many instances of this. So in the sutras, um, for example, hey, Vimy, can you read this one for us? I know it's short and sweet, but give it a shot. When mind, manasam, individual consciousness, chetana, the energy of breathing, shakti, and ego, atma, disappear, then that formation of bhairava is found existing there. Thank you so much. That's from the Vigyana Bhairava. So the minute you drop the mind, your individual consciousness, even your pranayama practice, and of course your ego, as soon as those drop, zoom, Bhairava, you know, uh, basically a awareness, this inner positioning system comes online. Just, just it, it, it's not like coincidence. It's literally the action of releasing those things opens this new potential. Again, I think it goes without saying, because we're all practitioners, when I say releasing these things like a technique or a tool, it's sort of like, it's gentle, it takes time, you know, it's like doing mantra and letting it get quieter and quieter and subtler and subtler until the mantra is doing you, right? Or using your breath and following it until you're just watching your breath, right? These are these moments when you merge with something that is your practice. And so the sutra actually goes on to say this in three different ways. Um, and um, just for the sake of reviewing, I'm mean, in case you were to read this on your own, let's read, let's read at least one more. Jagan Mati, since you're still here, haven't done the trade-off yet, would you like to read this one? Yes. Oh, mother, when in ordinary daily life, one repels the actions of the mind and shatters dependence on the senses by which one is enslaved, causing one to follow them according to their every wish and instead diverts their senses towards God consciousness, then by your grace, they instantly achieve that supreme state of God consciousness, which floods them with the unparalleled nectar of bliss, Ananda. Thank you. Thank you. So in daily life, when you just say, when you repel, we'll, we'll maybe be more subtle with that, but when you repel the mind and the senses for a moment, which are causing, literally causing you to just be, they're playing you and you, you surrender them for a moment and instead divert your awareness inwardly by 
by that action, this state is achieved. Just try it for a, a couple of breaths. Just be completely present. And totally disregard the need for anything external to you for a moment. And did you instantly achieve something? What are you doing in that moment? What are we doing in that moment? It's like this untapped resource for our practice, don't you think? How can you do that? I thought you needed to use, I thought that would take thousands of mantras worth of practice to do. How can you just be present? Well, maybe it doesn't last super long, right? And that's okay. But just the fact that you can do that, it's pretty important. Because as Shiva tells Parvati in the Netra Tantra here, which is quoted in the Sutra, it's not like I know all these texts or something. Uh, this, this, this is a 300, this text predates uh, the Shiva Sutras by 300 years. Um, hey, Bob, do you want to read that one? Set aside the gross means, such as the holding of the breath, concentration, and contemplation, and by means of the thoughtless process, maintain one-pointed thought merged in the self. Svachita. Thanks, Bob. It's not a catch-22. Okay, you can maintain one pointed thought by means of a thoughtless process. It's not impossible. As, as yogis, we're like the only people who, and I'm not going to say it, we know it's possible as yogis. There's many other traditions that know this is possible. It just means the thing that you did when, you, when I said, let's just be present for a couple of moments, just completely disregard any need for external stuff and just be right here. Let's do it again for like three seconds. And now from this state, follow your breath. From this state, 
repeat a couple of mantras. I think this sutra is trying to show us that our practice can be way more effective when we, as Babaji says, take responsibility for where it's taking us. When we participate in the guidance aspect of it, instead of just repeating the mantra and hoping it lands you in your heart, following the breath and letting your mind drift between the inhale and exhale points, you know, know where you're going and, and then use your practice and it's quintuples its effectiveness. So in a way, this isn't just for the last ascent, although it is, but it's a part of our whole ascent. And the sutra reminds us of that with one more quote that tells us that we should bring this simple process into our daily activities. Annapurna, if it's convenient, could you read this quote for us? And I don't know, is it okay for you to talk out loud? Because of the baby, all right. Can you hear me? Barely, go for it. Keeping the activity of the mind apart, one must unite that activity in God consciousness. Then this bound, limited being, Pasu, will realize the state of Shiva and be liberated, Mukta. Thereupon, he is beyond the ocean of repeated births and deaths. Thank you. you one must unite the activity of their mind and God consciousness. So we're meant to use this during our day. You're meant to, you, when you're doing, when you're using GPS, you don't just sit there and look at, at the screen. You look and then you walk and then you look and then you walk, right? And so we're just trying to do that, except to see this screen, we got to let go of stuff out here. And we find that little blue dot in our heart. And then we walk. And then we surrender and we look in. And then we walk. 
So it's the exact same process as if you were following a normal GPS. It's just that to see this screen, you got to drop stuff. You got to you got to surrender. But then it's right there, and you're meant to walk through your life with it. It really wouldn't make any sense otherwise, you know. And of course, eventually, may we all be able to see this while we walk. And of course, that is, you know, the Shambhava Upaya, the ability to have one's attention inside on this guidance system while they navigate their external reality simultaneously. But in the meantime, all you got to do is surrender. And it's right there, you know, according to the teachings. So are there any questions or, or comments uh, based on those quotes and concepts? Anna Pointer, go ahead. Yeah, just on this quote, keeping the activity of the mind apart um, from what? Do, are they talking about like withdrawing the senses, like apart from the outside? Am I reading mm -hmm. that right? No, you're right. Yeah, I sort of um, grappled with that part too a little bit, although to me, it almost feels like saying like recognize an active mind and and be able to unite that activity with your practice like don't let the active mind consume you and distract you recognize that activity and then unite it it's sort of like knowing when you're like daydreaming about something and just choosing a mantra like in that moment so that's that's how i interpreted it but that's just one interpretation i think Dr. Jenny. How would you use this practice with like tension release? Do you just imagine free of tension already? Well, and interestingly enough, where does, how does tension release begin, right? You're supposed to visualize the most crystal clear, perfect prana flowing in. And then it interacts with your life and then it leaves, you know? And so it, it does, it does seem that it's starting in the exact same place. Know where you're going, interact with your life, and then, you know, adjust. So good question. That's fun. You know what's interesting is you've been waiting for this teaching. I know I was. This thing, this opportunity that Babaji is giving us, it, it might feel like, I don't know, oh, it's intense, you know, and all this stuff comes up. It's like, it's like, it's ripe. You know, it's, it's like a fruit, it's on a tree and it's ripe. And you're like, I don't want to pick it. It looks so pretty. And it's like, pick it or let it drop. But I mean, you, if you pick it, you can actually like eat it and get the nourishment. But if you don't pick it, and it sits there and rots on the tree, it's gone and you didn't get the nourishment. 
you know? So it feels like we have to be able to recognize ripeness. And I feel like that's what faith really reminds me of constantly. <clears throat> she always <clears throat> reminds me of, like she, when she says like, you have to like let money come in and, and then let money go out. You have to be like, you have to let it be a vehicle for you. It's not just about like hoarding. Um, but with so many other opportunities other than just money. But it's like, you have to be able to just eat, just be a part of your life. Let it pass through, you know? Like we want that perfection out here to just stay out here. And Baba keeps telling us like, the only eternal perfections inside. So just, just start, just start, what's what's in front of you you know consume that any other questions before you meditate Oh, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. And then we'll. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear your uh, thoughts on sort of the process of consuming. Because, um, yeah, I think it's related with uh, some, you know, activity of the mind, but also the energy that we um, expend when um, we're kind of involved externally. So can you talk a little bit about that, how to consume? The energy we expend when we're involved externally, meaning it takes energy to, to like be in your life and. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, our day-to-day -day life outside mm -hmm. meditation sort of. Yeah. I think it has to come from your practice. It has to feel like an extension of your practice. Babaji always calls it a mechanism. And so um, we all have very different mechanisms and we're all at different stages with the mechanism. So the way that one mechanism might function might look externally very different than the way another might function. So for example, if I'm really trying to work through something that I'm really new at, like it's a, it's some, a, some scar that maybe I've just sort of like put to the side for a while. And I'm, but now I'm like, I, I'm opening the door to working on that. I should expect that my mechanism in that for that samskara is, is, is going to be very um, crude at first. And it might just be something like, let's say it's, um, you know, you really, I, it's like weird to even name things, right? Because it doesn't matter. It's personal. But it might just be something as far as like not looking uh, at that ad when it comes up on your Instagram feed. Be like, yeah, I'm not going to click it. I, that's a level of surrender. It's a very crude level. It's just literally like not pressing my finger there. But it's the first level of digestion of whatever that samskara is. And then that samskara might manifest in subtler ways and bigger ways in our life where you can't just not click it because it's 
literally a person standing in front of you or a situation occurring, in which case it would require a, a more refined mechanism and the work would be uh, uh, more refined and, and more challenging. Um, and so in both cases, digesting looked quite different. Um, so it has to relate to where you're at in your process and it should be very real. It shouldn't be um, a question. Uh, if it's a question of whether you're doing it or not, then you're not doing it. Um, the only, it's very obvious when you're doing it because it should blast you into the present. You should feel like you're undeniably in the present, uh, like it or not, you know, and, and then as you keep working with it, uh, you remain in that present. Um, and so, but when we um, buy in to the samskara, uh, you'll be anywhere but the present. So it's a, there's some nice litmus tests. Of course, you can't really recognize that at first because you are in it, um, but you can recognize it afterwards. And then as you start to really pay more attention, you can recognize it during uh, and actually start to, to make some more progress that way. So the work of consuming is very uh, unique. Uh, and that's probably why it's a fundamental tenet of our entire practice. It must be very broad and, and encapsulate a lot of what we call our practice, you know. Excellent. Let's use that as a transition into our seated uh, meditation. Feel free to to wiggle and move a little. <clears throat> and so we'll attempt to also merge with our practice to our own unique capacities. And it starts with your seat. The seat itself is balanced. The spine is light. You can swallow to not only release tension in the throat, but after you swallow, keeping the mouth closed, feel the tongue gravitate towards the soft palate, the back palate of the mouth. It's a very gentle pressure, very gentle, but it's that Kechari Mudra that activates a subtle core that keeps you more vertical. Throughout the practice, each time you swallow, you can reactivate that. And we're seeking a, a relaxed feeling in our seat, a sustainable feeling. And just let it be your seat for a minute. We all have practices we're so eager to tap into, including myself, but just focus on your seat for a second. What is your, what is the quality of your stillness? 
does it feel like there's a subtle gripping anywhere or overall? You might not even notice it. So assume there is. If you were gripping in this seat, holding onto stillness, how would you release that grip? Here you have taken the tool of stillness. You've used it to get very close to real stillness, but then you went beyond the tool and you surrendered without knowing exactly what into a finer level of stillness. Is there one more layer of stillness available? No one can tell you how to do it. But take responsibility and see if you can find stillness that goes beyond the physical. Can you still your mind like you still your body?
to get to the next level, we don't need more tools. You need to drop what you're carrying. Stillness of breath means minimally managed breath. Focus on surrender, on letting go of any grip. Assume that everything around you, you're holding on to. Put your energy into releasing. Shedding. Hold this place of stillness. With no tension. 
and let everything else fall away.
How can you guide your awareness? So that it leads you inside. Find inside. Take responsibility for your practice. Find your inside. Don't let anything distract you. Feel the length of your spine from tailbone to crown. This sort of represents the pathway that's past the GPS, allowing your attention to find its way down the front via the tools that we have. And then as you exhale to rise up the back, feel this pathway. You're blind to it physically. It's hard to feel and navigate, but we know it's there. Can allow the eyes to slowly open. And just notice your state of being, your state of stillness. And feel the potential of your practice. When we're together as a Sangha, we get a glimpse of what's possible as you move through your life now, as this GPS session comes to a close, know that at any time you are excited 
All you have to do is drop your senses, drop your thoughts, and you can reconnect to this place. Thanks, everyone. Namaste. Jai Jai 